Hi, people. This is Tony Carey from Rainbow, Planet P, and all kinds of other stuff over the last 50 years with you on the Follow Your Dream podcast with my good pal, Robert Miller. Everyone has a dream. Robert Miller is a musician who had a dream to become a rock star. He followed his dream and he succeeded. If you're ready to pursue and succeed at your dream, then listen up and get inspired and motivated to take action today. Welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Follow Your Dream podcast with listeners in 200 countries. I'm Robert Miller, your host. My guest today is the celebrated Indian sitar player, Deobrat Mishra. I call him the new Ravi Shankar, who was the chief exponent of Indian music and the sitar in particular in the 1960s. Like Ravi Shankar, Deobrat has kept Indian music on the world map. He's an international star on his instrument, and he plays throughout Europe and elsewhere. And in the middle of this episode, as I do with all my musician guests, Deobrat and I are going to do a song fest. We're going to play a little bit of some of his works, and we're going to talk about them, and you'll get the backstories, and nobody else does this in podcasts. And as you know, I feature one of my songs in every episode, underneath the introduction and at the end, and I always try to make that song relevant somehow to my guest. In this case, it was a bit of a challenge. I finally decided on a song of mine called It's the Beat from the Queen's Carnival album by my band Project Grand Slam. Why? Well, so much of Indian music is about its very distinctive beat, and I felt that my song worked so well in that regard. So, Deobrat Mishra, welcome to the Follow Your Dream podcast. It's my pleasure, Robert, to, to be on your podcast. I appreciate it. And you're in India now, so we're separated by almost uh, 12 hours of time. So I appreciate that I've gotten you up at a very early hour or kept you up at a late hour to do this. And you told me that you've just come back from a European tour. Tell us about that. Yeah, I I was uh, in Europe from July to uh, till just last week. I was in in European countries. Like I played eight different countries, and uh, I was really uh, after this COVID situation. This was a it's a very uh, nice tour we had. So it was amazing. So I got to ask you the question, you know, in the United States and probably in Western countries in general, the most famous sitar player of all time is Ravi Shankar. Tell me about his status in India. Did you ever meet him? Have you ever played with him? Tell us about that. So I I just want to tell you that I'm from the same city where was Ravi Shankar was from, Uh, Varanasi, the city. It's one of the ancient city and very old traditional city and also very cultural and music is very important in this city. So uh, Ravi Shankar, uh, Pandit Ravi Shankar was from, from Varanasi and then he toured around the world and there's a big respect he has in all over the world. So I'm very grateful 
that uh, I'm from the same city as he was. And uh, your father plays sitar as well. So this is a family affair for you. Yeah. So tell us about that. How long has your father been a musician and has he been touring as well? Uh, my father is uh, now he's in his uh, he's 80 years old and uh, he's he's performing, still performing. And uh, he was performing from very young age because this is our family tradition and a tradition of vocalist. My everyone in family, uh, my grandfather, my uncles, they were uh, singers. And my father, he took sitar uh, as something different he wanted to do. And um, then he become sitar player. But actually, when he plays, plays sitar, actually, uh, our way of sitar playing is, is a very, very close to singing style of sitar. Instrumental, but singing style. So a lot of banding, a lot of, there is, there is many things, a lot of good techniques we invent for, for making that happen, the vocal follows uh, by instrument. Are you singing along with the sitar or is the sitar doing an accompaniment to the vocal? How does that work? So actually inside we sing, you know, like we don't sing outside, but our sitar is when we play. So it sounds like singing sound. And there are a lot of great compositions from our family singing compositions. And we play that. And it's very, very uh, unique style, uh, which is very rare. You can find instrumentalist sitar player, but uh, sitar player who can also sing while they play, it's very hard to find. Well, you know, for so many of us in the West, we discovered the sitar because of George Harrison of the Beatles. Yes, Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood, yes. And I remember when I got that album, I'm a bit older than you, and I was a teenager at the time. And we looked at the the album cover, and of course it listed who was playing what instruments. And then it said George Harrison on that cut playing sitar. We all assumed that it was a mistake on the cover, that they, they really wanted to put guitar but somebody didn't catch the mistake and it was put in a sitar. And that's how we kind of all learned about this wonderful instrument of yours. And then, of course, he was so instrumental in bringing somebody like Ravi Shankar into the West and popularizing Indian music. And for us in the West, it was a remarkable discovery. Actually, that, uh, you know, that step of George Harrison was a great thing uh, to do for Indian classical music. That's why musicians like us can travel all around the world. Even Ravi Shankar, uh, Pandit Ravi Shankar was touring and uh, performing in front of a lot of musicians. I think also he uh, performed in New York in Woodstock Festival. Yes, yes. And yeah, and there was also, I saw the video there was also Jimi Hendrix and every was, everyone was sitting on front and uh, they were listening uh, that concert. And so, you know, that kind of thing, uh, because when in 70s people hear uh, when there was uh, music was in very high level and in grand level and sa same time someone came with a sitar and tabla and 
make people relax, uh, giving them relax, the music with relax. It's, it's, uh, I saw that video, you know, uh, the people were in making meditation and things like that. And, and it was uh, actually, that was a showing of Indian music. Yeah, it's a time when the Maharishi was uh, doing his transcendental meditation. <laughs> Ravi Shankar was playing the sitar. I remember actually seeing Ravi Shankar and his tabla player, Allah, what was the last Allah name? Allah Ustad Allah Rakha. Allah Rakha, yes. And his son is Ustad Zakir Hussain. Isn't that interesting? Well, as you said, they set out a carpet and they had incense and they were playing their instruments and playing their music, which was so you know foreign for us in the West at that time. But it was such a different presentation. It was a mellow kind of presentation and it fit in with the music so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, actually um, you know, what we tried to do, um, what was, uh, like, there are many musicians uh, we have in India, but why Ravi Shankar is very important, because Ravi Shankar was the first who bring music out of India and and work with, you know, George Harrison and all those musicians who, who really wanted to see what Indian uh, music, uh, the joy, the magic of Indian music can do with the, their albums. They use their sound of Indian music and all. So uh, Ravi Shankar was pioneer person. He 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 was the the I think I can say kind of like a godfather for for Indian classical music to bring in West. And now musicians like us and there are many all Indian musicians. Now they're traveling around the world. And what my aim is in my sitar playing is uh, like, I'm, I'm coming from very traditional family, musician, traditional family. And that means like, I should, you know, make my music only uh, give to, to certain people, to my children, to my good students. I should not, uh, you know, give to everyone. But at the same time, you know, I believed, and my father actually, he was the one, entire family believed that we should give it to, to the world, what Ravi Shankar was doing, because that time music was only for India, but he brings it around the world. And, and my father, he was in 70s, he toured around to Europe and other, other countries. And he was, he, was, uh, he was doing a lot of concerts and making... Uh, people know about uh, Indian music in Europe. Mostly he was traveling to Europe in 70s or 80s. So, you know, that thing came to my mind that music should be uh, not, uh, it should not have a boundaries yes. beyond the boundaries. So uh, that's why I'm working with Indian classical music. Also, I have a lot of albums and same time I'm working with uh, lot of different musicians around the world. I'm working with saxophone player, with a piano player, with uh, I'm I'm trying to work with duduk player and all, you know, uh, so a lot of, lot of musician, you know, the son of Jiwan uh, uh, Gasparian, you know, duduk player. So I'm, I'm trying to work with him and work some music coming up in future. Well, the whole concept of world music 
has become so established in our lives, okay? If you go back 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't really the same concept of world music. People stuck to the music of their particular country. But like you said, now there's a melting pot of all the different music that can come together in spectacular ways. For myself, for example, my band is made up of people from various different countries, a number of Spanish-speaking countries, from Mexico to Puerto Rico and Venezuela, etc. And what the musicians bring is not only their talent, but their culture. And that makes for a much more expanded kind of music that you can come out with. And so I think you going around the world and playing with all these different kinds of musicians and different instruments, that's all part of that world music culture. Exactly, exactly. And and it's a lot of fun, actually, you know, because uh, if I'm playing my my music, suppose I'm playing whole my whole life, my music, uh, my style of my music, it would be in one one time you get, OK, I'm doing OK, you know, but when you play with some different musician and then you see experience his talent, you know, I was I was just traveling to uh, to Budapest, where I met a lot of musicians. So when I saw them working great with with the music and 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 you know trying to find a nice song and and trying to put give their best in in inside this music. So it give you inspiration. It give you a weight of thinking. Not that that you have only your way of thinking, but there is other ways of thinking that music can be right so i'm interested in that experience of yours i know you were playing with uh, my friends at mandoki soulmates And uh, that's probably where what you were doing in Budapest. Do you find it challenging to play Western music and Western scales, or does it come naturally for you? Actually, I'm working with uh, uh, mostly like hearing what I hear, and I I give my Indian sound there. And of course, there was a you know it was it was great experience because I used to play like more more like jazz with the jazz musicians a lot and uh, many different kind of musicians I, I played, which was more about improvisation. But when I went to uh, play with uh, some musicians who have songs, so I have to put uh, in that songs, you know, like lyrics, they have lyrics setting. And that song, I have to put a perfect uh, uh, blend of my music. So that was uh, a new kind of experience I had, and it went really well. You know, it took me some time to understand, but I can but uh, but you know, it went really really nice. So I'm just curious, as a musician myself, are you listening and playing along? Are you improvising? Are is there written music for you when you're playing with Western musicians? How does that work? Yeah, means there was a Western music was written. And in beginning, I was not understanding because I don't understand <laughs> the Western notation. But there was a people that came and they explained me. And then I put that notation into my notation. 
I see. system, like why Indian nutritional system. And then it worked very well. And I think uh, I saw one of the Ravi Shankar book and I saw that he wrote some notation like, like that way, which I, I was doing. And actually it worked very well. You translated it. Good for you. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Miller. Live at Steel Stacks is the new five-song EP by my band, Project Grand Slam. It absolutely captures the band at the top of our game. Musicians and reviewers alike have praised the recording, saying things like captivating music. Project Grand Slam burns down the house. Virtuoso musicians and such a great band. You can stream live at Steel Stacks on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, or any of the other streaming platforms. And you can download it from the PGS store. The links are all in the show notes to this episode. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't done so yet. You can do so and you can listen to our 100 plus episodes just by going to our website, at followyourdreampodcast.com. So join me each episode as we go on a world tour to my listeners in 200 countries. I want to thank you for listening and keep on rocking. All right. It's a fascinating thing. I love the sitar. I, I love Indian music. And as I said, we've, we've been exposed to it in the West for so many years now. So it's become ingrained in our ears. I'd like to go to the second half of our interview where we do the song fest. And I've picked out a variety of things with you that we're going to play a little bit of and we're going to talk about. So the first thing, this is pretty recent. You were captured on YouTube, whether you like it or not, in Munich, in this year, 2022, playing a sitar solo, and you were playing along with a tabla player. So tell us about that. Yeah, uh, I mean to say there was a solo part we did in Munich and I was playing with the band uh, Embryo and uh, some of, of uh, uh, people they recorded and they put it on YouTube and uh, it's like really meditative part. I started with meditative part and then go with lot of technical part and go faster and faster with tabla, some, some like journey. It's kind of journey. The imagination, all improvisation is there because Indian classical music, uh, you can fix like 3%, 4% and 95, 96% is improvisation. So I was doing like uh, improvisation part, like dialogue with tabla and, and sometimes I'm playing together and he's my nephew, Prashant is playing <laughs> tabla and he was touring with me. So I saw him, you know, from very young age and so i, I know see. him very well i can imagine 
So you, you got your father out there playing sitar, you're playing sitar, your nephew is playing tabla, and you told me your son is playing sitar as well, right? Yeah, so this is our family business. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's a tradition that we have. And I'm happy that my son took also this instrument. It's not, there was no, no pressure I was giving him, but he wanted to, to, he told me one day, I want to become like you. And that was the greatest thing I could ever hear from, from him. And I told him, yes, go ahead. Right. And he's learning from like two teachers. He's learning from his grandfather and from me. Good for him. Good for him. All right, let's go to the next one. This is a song called Shira, Song of Marriage. us about that one shara in this is like in my family there is when when there is a wedding happening all women they gather together and they sing this kind this song this song and we decided to put it up in our recording because nobody ever heard like our women's uh, songs like families it always stayed in our family so only women could could do it but we were listening from from the back you know and and we i was listening it and my father too and he we liked it and so we decided to release this song all right i got to understand what you just said so this was a song written by the women in your family no actually it was i don't know who who wrote that but it came from very long lineage so uh, they sing it's it goes by tradition by tradition, like a woman's they teach to their daughter and they they sing, in in for next gen generation. So this was old tradition. Um, Shehra used to be sang uh, in a wedding time. I see. So for for uh, for groom for groom. All right. So so the women in your family are singing this, and you and your father are listening in. And you yes. uh, figured out what the whole thing was about, and you decided you're going to record this, huh? Yes, yes. And we do do it instrumental recording. I that. see. And how did the women feel about that? We were not allowed to go inside the <laughs> women's room, but we were listening from back, and we decided, wow, it's nice, so we should do it. All right. So it's like a secret recording, which is now all over the world on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah did the women forgive you for doing this oh they loved it they loved oh, it I when see. they listen it and they say wow you did a good job <laughs> okay that's good okay so the next one we're going to do is something called bawani dayani i like that rhyme Sakala bond 
tell us about that one this is this is song about uh, prayer to goddess durga durga is a, is a goddess of energy and in in this prayer we pray for the world you know like we she should give us happiness the world should be happy happiness ha- get all happiness they should and there should be no problem and uh, this is a prayer to her normally this was sang in sanskrit bhavani dayani and but we we uh, there is in my family or some great musician they they make it in in beautiful song it become and so we played that i see tell me at the beginning i mentioned that you you represent the seventh generation of the banaras garana tradition tell us what that means actually i'm the 11th there was some mistake we have in in uh, oh you in, got four uh, more my, generations in there yeah huh? my okay. website <laughs> I, I have to i have to change it i see but 11th generation yeah so yeah in my family is more than 500 years in music tradition in 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 india really you can trace back 500 years in your family in music yes wow and that's why you know before i was finding it seven generation but later on i research because i like to study history and i found out that our family been in 1500 century was still was there even it could go more older than that were they all playing sitar or was it different instruments or what all different somebody was like you know it's our family work so they used to perform in in indian temples we we were not performing like uh, you know uh, like stage shows and nowadays it's like stage show. but we we used to perform in temples and king court court of kings and uh, that was like performance was happening but later you know we we took it as a real profession you know when when we see that you know this is like our job is uh, is only music so our family like maybe 400 300 years ago they decided let's let's uh, let's only do music but that time they were more like uh, brahmins brahmins is like uh, they are, they are like a priest priest right. and they were playing music and also doing prayer priest work but later we only become musician you can't even begin to imagine how impressive it is to somebody from the west to hear about being able to trace your lineage back 500 years in the united states if we can go back 100 or 200 years that's a lot you've got us by an awful lot beyond that good for you thank you but you know origin of in, uh, the music actually we believe it come from vedas and that is about around 5000 years back so 3000 bc uh so you know the the origin of uh, vedas uh, yes. we have four vedas and one of veda is called samved which is musical ved which was uh, founded like 3000 bc so you know my family is very young actually <laughs> <laughs> compared to that you're like the new kids on the block i like that all right i'm going to surprise you the last one we're going to play you've got something on youtube with you and some other folks playing jingle bells
<laughs> you remember that? Yes, yes. They are all my students. Perform. All right. Tell us about that. Yeah, I actually, you know, I was deciding to do something with my students and uh, because a lot of students, they come from Europe and uh, they stay in, in Christmas time. They were a little sad because they are missing their family. So I, I asked them, OK, let's let's record some jingle bells and things like that. And everybody, you know, they had a, like cap of jingle bell cap, and right, Christmas right. cap and, and performing. So. This was uh, this was an idea to to make them happy, and later it become people liked it a lot. It was a lot of fun to see that and to see those the kids playing along with you. We have been speaking here with Deobrat Mishra, who's one of the great sitar players of India. It's been so much fun to talk with you and to get five five thousand years worth of tradition and five hundred years worth of your family. That's amazing. And uh, I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. It really was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you very much. And we're now going to listen again to the song that I started off the podcast episode with. It's my song called It's the Beat. I want to thank you all for listening, and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Follow Your Dream podcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast so you don't miss another inspiring episode. You can connect with Robert at robert at followyourdreampodcast.com. And you can hear more from his band at projectgrandslam.com and at thepgsstore.com.
Thank you.